The Press Box is here to catch you up on the latest media stories. Hosted by Brian Curtis and David Shoemaker, these guys have the insight on the biggest stories you care about. Check out The Press Box on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. School's out summer. Have you finished? <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the Stadio Podcast in Ring RFC. I'm Musa Kwonga. I'm Ryan Hun. Ryan, how are you doing? I am all right, thanks man. How are you? Very well, thanks. You sure? You don't sound too chipper. Well, I'm in the process of moving, so... Oh no. I thought you were always moving. Keep it, keep moving. We're always keeping it moving. Listen, spiritually, keep it moving, <laughs> but also physically in this case. So I'm moving over the course of about a week. So every day I do a different task. The reason I sound a bit tired is because it's just every day is like a different thing. So it's like books on one day and then just clothing and whatever. So yeah. Musok Wonga moving. It's the biggest transfer of the summer. Exactly. <laughs> no one would buy me. So I transferred myself to myself. It's like when Aubameyang just rocked up in Barcelona. It's like, guys, I'm here. So you might as well just sign me because I'm here. It's very so. big Lewandowski energy, isn't it? Yeah. They should, exactly. they should call it the big Lewandowski, shouldn't they? <laughs> His transfer soccer. The big Lewandowski just like, just chilling going, come and get me Barca. The polar bites. Just Lewandowski spread out on a sofa with a dressing gown and a white Russian in his hand. Just exactly. Being like, just going, waiting for the offer from Barca. Guys, man, like just, you know, there's only one place that I, I just want to, I just want to play. Just come and get me. Oh man. That's the oh, needs to be a t-shirt. Anyway, more merch, you know, no more merch. The more merch, yeah, the big Lewandowski. Big <laughs> Lewandowski. And well, yeah, because Americans call him Lewandowski, right? So it's oh, right. basically the same. Even better. Uh, and yeah, we need to crack on with our woke World Cup t-shirts. We do, yeah, yeah, yeah. For the good of the game. For the actual good, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we hope everyone's staying safe and well. And... Uh, Hopefully getting a little bit of a break from football because I think everyone needs it. We need it. We definitely yeah. need it. Which yeah. is why this will be the last episode before our little summer break. If anything super duper seismic happens, like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to think of a signing. Uh, if Messi suddenly decided, no, I'm just playing the German Amateur League for vibes. <laughs> Because the fitness levels. <laughs> it turns out the fitness levels there are exactly what I need to prepare for the World Cup in Qatar. So if, if, if Messi joined the Freitzeit Liga, then I think we have to do a podcast. Can you imagine how many goals he'd score in the Freitzeit Liga? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, but yeah, if, if anything super massively, massively jaw-droppingly newsworthy breaks while we're on our time off, we'll jump on and try and do a quick one if we can. But yeah, We'll be off until kind of around the last week in June. We've got our live shows in London that we've got to do on the 25th and 27th. And if they sound all right, maybe we'll chop together some of it and put it up as a pod the back end of that week. And then we will be back along with Righty's House for the Women's Euros. To be honest, I think everyone needs a little bit of a break from football. Including footballers, yeah. Well, if you think about it, I mean, maybe we can just go straight into it because today we were thinking this is very much last day of term vibes. Let's go straight in. You know, yeah. when you kind of like the last day of school and you might have a half day and maybe you're allowed to wear your own clothes because uh, 
you know, most schools in the UK, for example, are mm. uniform. And, you know, there's a, maybe, a, maybe a little bit of like, I don't know, some wrapping up some lesson stuff. To be honest, Ryan, and then, I, I can't relate to this. I was committed to the final whistle at school. I can't relate to this at all. Yeah, well, you went to a posh school. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, of course, you know, of course, of course. Actually, before we do move on to stuff, let's do, do a quick bit of admin. Stadio.football, scroll to the bottom, pop your email address in. We'll, we'll send out a newsletter in the next couple of weeks. Mm. And yeah, don't forget anyone who's bought tickets for London on the 25th or the 27th. On the 25th, start planning your travel routes accordingly because a big train strike on that day. I think the tube strike is just on the 21st. So we'll, hopefully the tubes will still be running. But yeah, if you are in London and you're coming to the show, don't get caught out by the strike. Yeah, so just uh, plan accordingly. Yeah. Is there any other bits of admin? Oh, your piece went up on The Ringer. About oh yeah, I did a piece Gareth about Bale. Wales and Gareth Bale. Yeah, yeah. It's very good indeed. Um, oh, thanks, on the Wales note, they lost 2-1 to the Netherlands in the Nations League. That's a 94th minute Valt Weghorst winner. Also, um, obviously there was uh, England-Germany one all mm. on Tuesday, which during this game, I, I just thought, I thought it was an okay game, but I just thought, these guys are knackered. Like everyone is knackered. Everyone is absolutely knackered. Everyone is knackered apart from Bukai Saka. <laughs> <laughs> and Jack Grealish really came on actually. But there you yeah. go. And you've been coming off the bench all season, getting that little extra burst of energy. Mm. It's not a bad result for England, really. I don't think Germany. I thought were were far better. Belgium beating Poland six one. Ireland back to back one nil defeats. They lost at home to Ukraine, who put the disappointment of Sunday's World Cup qualifier against Wales. I wouldn't say out the way, but at least it's a nice little at uh, least their, to the side for a moment enough to yeah, yeah their first Nations League game of this campaign. So a few other Nations League results before we get onto some some kind of chit chat. Italy defeating Hungary. 2-1. Let's go top of the group. I mean, that's as you'd expect though, isn't it? That's as you'd expect. Yeah. I mean, I think most of these results have kind of gone to form. Um, you know, Turkey with a big win in Lithuania, Luxembourg beating Faroe Islands, which is just, I mean, that group is kind of wild if you think about it. Like Turkey, Luxembourg, Faroe Islands, Lithuania. Turkey by far and away you'd think would be the favourites to get out of that group. But as mm. we know, like... <laughs> Listen... They were a shout for catfish of the year last year, Turkey. I mean, they catfished us good and proper. I they know, catfished they really their own did. fans. It's the first time I've seen a club or, or, or a team catfish its own fan base to that extent. Mm. To the point where even, even Turkey fans are writing on Twitter going, we don't know what's happened. Yeah. <laughs> there are more Nations League games tonight, Musa. There are more tomorrow. Is that any surprise? There are more on Saturday. Oh, there are more on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> there are more on Monday there are more on Tuesday and there aren't any next Wednesday the day of rest it's too much football on the Nations League Sabbath yeah and obviously a shout out for Australia who are going to be playing Peru on Monday for the final place in the World Cup so good luck to any Peruvian or Australian listeners I know we've got a couple of both, actually. A friend of mine, Australia fan, terrified. He's terrified of that. So You do not want to be playing Peru for a place in the World Cup. The I'm final sorry, boss. You just don't. The final you just don't boss. want to be playing terrified. Peru. For, no, no. <laughs> Hell no. I don't like these qualifiers when you're kind of like, oh, I wish they could all go. And the worst thing is everyone's watching that last playoff game as well. Everyone's like got their paying their mm. attention to now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you been watching any NBA finals, by the way? Uh, I haven't been up late enough. I've been watching all the highlights back and Ooh. all the breakdowns. The Celtics are serious. Celtics 2-1 ahead in the series. It's the physicality. The big boss man, Bill Simmons, is going to be happy if, if they pull through. the Celtics win when we're off air. Do you know what, though? It was block central in that first half. Yeah, block party. <laughs> it was totally a block party. But anyway, hope everyone's enjoying the playoffs. Uh, well, the finals, sorry. And yeah. uh, good to see Mike Breen back. Got a first bang call. Also, like, good, is it good, isn't it good to see defence defense being dominant in a playoff? Finals in, 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 in NBA finals. I, I like. Oh, I don't. I like that. All right, old man. Listen, fundamentals. Listen. Did you see Draymond's uh, Draymond's press conference the other day when he was talking about how everyone, you know, uh, back in my day in the eighties used to get knocked yeah. out by so so. That's so funny. And then he came out and just had not the best game. Yeah, there's a, there's a danger. I mean, we. I know there's not always a correlation between how much athletes talk and how they perform. I think that if you're going to talk, you need to be like someone like Kevin Durant. If you're going to talk big, you need to always back it. Mm. You, you just need to back it. I agree. Much like Musa. 
You're going to talk. No need danger to back of that. It up. No danger of that. When will he start backing up his talk? That's <laughs> what I've <laughs> 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 All right, man. Do you want to talk about some transfer stuff quickly? Yeah, yeah. What do you think about this Darwin Nunez rumour to Liverpool? I'm just hearing, I'm just hearing the sound of a thousand tweets being saved of drafts. I'm hearing the, the sound of countless analysts backtracking. Look, there was a lot of talk about how Darwin is, is a catfish player. Like he's not as good as this, you know, the stats are like saying. But here's the thing, like if Liverpool are seriously pursuing him, he's obviously brilliant. And I think he's actually a classic player with the eye test. Well, the stats test is a bit unfair. It's like Falcao. If you just went on how much Falcao lost possession, he never would have made it to the level he's made it to. There was so many stats about Falcao losing the ball, his first touch and that. But Falcao was absolutely lethal. Peak Falcao before injury, absolutely lethal. And Darwin Nunes offers something very interesting for Liverpool because it's a change of dimension. You went from having an aggressive pressing nine, but someone who was not sort of goals first. And Nunes is very much a kind of arrowhead, like mm. can offer that. And I think that's important because I think Liverpool are realising when teams sit deep against us, it's not just pressing. You need, you need a bit of a bully. It's penetration, yeah. And that, yeah. that's an interesting signing for them. And then also what that allows is that allows smaller playmakers to operate in the gaps behind him. So people like, you know, Davies and Har- Harvey Elliott, it's no coincidence that those players are coming through the same Cavalier. time that Nunes is being approached. So I think it's a really exciting opportunity for Nunez. And it presents their it presents their opponents. I think Liverpool's opponents with with new problems. So yeah, I, I like think it's it. going to be a really interesting window for Liverpool. Not necessarily just in a kind of personnel, but in the style, in the type of personnel. Yeah, absolutely. Isn't it funny how both both top teams are going big with with forwards? Yeah, in Holland. Yeah, it's going to be really intriguing to see how Klopp shifts or evolves the side next season because I've seen a lot of people looking like saying that this could result in a formation shift from Liverpool as well. And it's gonna it's gonna obviously have a bit of a stylistic shift as well because like you mentioned, Firmino or whoever has kind of been playing at that that nine role for Liverpool has quite often withdrawn, and you're just not gonna get that as much from from Nunez. They want to put some right on the doorstep of that centre back partnership. Yeah, it's quite a cool observation from Klopp because I think he would have seen in in the like in the games this season that have needed the margins. They haven't mm. really they haven't quite been there, which is something we've discussed before. Yeah, and also just in terms of the age profile, you make that front line, you know, if you if they get an, another player in, Mane wants to leave, and if they're getting a little bit kind of tetchy about Salah, or even if they stagger them one by one, it still gives them a completely different dimension to play. Like if you have- Where does Salah go? That's the question. He's Mo Salah. He should play playing at an elite level, like in terms of Champions League every year until he retires. That's what he should be playing at. Barcelona can't afford him. Real Madrid can. They can, but the historic beef with them it would be an absolute heel turn if he did that. It would be quite funny though. It would be hilarious. So I've been watching Obi-Wan Kenobi and I've been watching Jedi switch to the dark side the whole time. So I've seen there's precedent for it. There's precedent for it. Hmm. I mean, if he did that, and then it's like Luis Figo. And we've seen this in football before. Once Luis Figo went yeah, to- Yeah, people make wild transfer decisions, yeah. Once he went to Real Madrid, all bets are off. Anything can happen in football. And actually it's a good fit for them. Once you saw a pig's head lying next to a player who had made a controversial transfer as he was about to take a corner, nothing will surprise me anymore. Nothing, nothing. Nothing in terms of transfers. Um, Vinicius and Salah, either side of Benzema, scary. Well, they've signed Chumani. That is, well, that, that's frightening. That's frightening. That, and if that, they get, do, you think, do you think they'll get Pogba as well? Or do you think he's going back to Juve? Because it looks like Di Maria's pretty much done for Juve now. I, yeah, I mean, that's a really nice signing for Juve. Well, anyone that gets Di Maria, that's a great signing in the short term, at least. That's two years of a brilliant assist maker, brilliant playmaker. They've got to do some figuring out though, because Juve. when Chiesa comes back in, yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing about Di Maria, he can play in a three though. He can play in the middle. That's the thing with him. He's just a, he's a plug and play footballer. Like as far as, as much as a plug and play footballer exists in terms of just put him in and he can deliver at whatever level. I don't really worry about that. He's just so adaptable. He'll do whatever he's, you know, Task to do. Chiromani, Kamavinga, I mean, Pogba, Juventus. I don't know. I feel he should move forward. You think? I feel he should move forward. I feel he should really, really try for a Real Madrid move. I feel he has to. Like, it, it just, as in, in terms of a footballing fit, it's perfect for him at this point. There's something about Ancelotti as well that just makes me think those two would really click. I think Pogba just needs that environment where he can just play football with freedom. 
I'm not sure he gets that. Well, think about Juventus as well. It sounds awful to say it. The expectations are lower as well. Mm. And does, you know, but who, who knows any of this? I, I think that it'd be a good fit for him, Real Madrid. I think that the kind of playmaking he offers, that defensive heft, I think Camavinga and Tremaini now, it's, it's, it's sad because you look at Odegaard and all those brilliant playmakers you left, it's now perfectly formed for them in terms of an Isco now. Isco playing in front of that axis, he's reborn. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Pogba going to Juve, that's interesting, but I think he should go to Real, but that's my own, that's my own view. Alexandre Lacazette is back at Lyon. I love this deal. Made loads of sense. Resigned three years. Uh, he was out of contract at Arsenal. And that's a, that makes so much sense. Perfect sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know who else is at Lyon? Zara Debritz has moved from PSG to Lyon, which is an absolute gangster signing. Oh, Lady Wahabi moved to uh, Man City. To Man City. Yeah. That is, th- those signings are like... Man City are making some signings. Man. Those two signings are like... They're a big deal. Mm. I think when we come back after our little break, we'll do a proper full recap of some signings. Because I think yeah, there's going to be yeah. a, hell of a mo- hell of a few moves in, in that time. I'm going to throw you a question. Yeah, Because I know this is very light and floaty today. I'm going to give you one transfer mm. that you want to happen in the summer. Gundogan to make Dortmund. It semi- <sighs> Gundogan to Dortmund. Ilkay Gundogan back to Borussia Dortmund. You'd have to take a pay cut. Yeah, I want it though. You asked what I want and that's what I want. Listen, I mean, right, was, it, was it Pep said? Tiago Odenichts. Gundogan Odenichts. Ilkay Odenichts. Yeah, Ilkay Odenichts. I mean, he's been there six years at Man City, which has flown by, I think, actually. Won a stack of titles. He yeah. takes all that experience back. He had plenty before, but he's got all that experience back. Elder Statesman, Dortmund dressing room, Bayern are going to be weakened by the departure of Lewandowski, even if they attract Mane, reconfiguring that front line, take a while for them to work out. And Bayern, there's a bit of vulnerability in the, in the loss of Lewandowski. And Gundogan coming to that dressing room, it's the one thing they've really, really lacked, I would say. They've got Marco Royce there, he's been in and out, some very good form, but still I think that, that leadership, that dressing room leadership, that extra leader, not just even the football, and also Gundogan just tactically can adapt. And now the false nine thing he was doing uh, at City, that's a new skill that he developed. So he can bring that to the table. He can combine with Makoko, he can combine with Emre Chan in midfield. It's just, there's a lot of, that's the one signing I would love to see this summer, above all. Hmm. I mean, I would really like that signing. I'm just not sure whether Dortmund would do it now. You know, Ilkay Gundogan's got a year left on his deal. The heart wants what it wants. And that's what I want. I mean, I would, I would really like to see it. I mean, it's all got a bit quiet on the Gundogan thing. Apparently he was gone and then he wasn't. And mm, yeah. I mean, if there is a deal to be made with Man City for him, or if Man City are prepared, I'm just not prepared. I'm just, I just don't think Man City will be prepared to, to say, for example, like, we'll let you go for 10 million euros. And I don't think Dortmund are going to pay like 30 million euros for a guy in the last year of his contract who's 31. Right. With no see, resale yeah. value. So if they pick him up on a free next season, that would be a really, that would make so much sense. Mm. I mean, I would love to see it. I would really love to see it, but I'm not. But also like you're, talk- you're talking in terms of moves that are plausible would say mm. um, you know it's difficult when you say that with transfers because the challenge I have I think is when I'm looking at players I'd like to see move Ryan mm. I'm thinking would those players be interested in a rebuild of a team that's like Europa League because this is the problem now there's the Champions League is such a cut off the players I'd like to see make a move I'd almost like to see rebuild um, teams or help galvanise them again. So it, I, I struggle, I have to say, again, I, I want to repeat the hudson Adoy to Eintracht Frankfurt. I want to repeat that. Because look, if, if, if Chelsea are looking at Usman Dembele, that to me rings the alarm bells for hudson Adoy because you bring another player and in terms of like playmaking freedom, one person, you could play them, you know, either side of, of Harvard's, for example, mm. which isn't good news for Werner. I mean, Timo Werner maybe could switch to someone like Eintracht or whatever, like coming, I, mean, I think Eintracht would be a good look for someone like him actually, the way they play. So yeah, Timo Werner to Eintracht or Hudson Adoy to Eintracht because with the Usman Dembele signing potentially coming in at Chelsea, that is, um, that's worrying. I mean, it's not like they're stacked of playmakers. They're not, they're not short of playmakers, are they? No, I think the Hudson Adoy to, to Bayern thing would make sense now. I mean, that made, that made sense. So it made so much sense two years ago and the wisdom of that for both parties was so clear two years ago and even more so now, even more so now. Like 
if I were his agents, I'd be concerned because that the move for Dembele is going like, you've got hudson Adoy right there. Why are you looking mm. for someone like that? And maybe that's like Tuchel, who would have known him from Dortmund and going, I can get the best out of him, which I think he can. I mean, there's an amazing stat thing about the heat map of his defensive contributions under Xavi. And it's just risen so dramatically. And Xavi was coaching him really well. Mm. Now you've got an involved Dembele going to a new club with a new challenge with a manager who really needs him could be as important to that configuration as Conte, you know, the Conte situation with Hazard could be as important mm. in terms of what Chelsea need, a game breaker. That's really interesting. I'm going to go for another Dortmund transfer because I think that Dortmund needs to make a decision about Rafael Guerrero this summer. Okay. He's, okay. Yeah, well, he's, got, he's, well. only, he's only got a year left on his deal as well. He's mm. 28. There have been a few rumours about Guerrero for a while now and I think that Barr, he had a few mo- ropey moments, but he's had a few injuries as well in the last season or so. But consistently over the last few years, he's been low-key Dortmund's most consistent player, I think, actually. Yeah. And definitely in a shout for player of the season for a good couple of those. If they're going to get any money for him, I think he is someone that they could flip. Now. Where to? I mean, he'd be perfect at Barca, actually. Do you know that is a very interesting... Barca need another left-back. And he's of that kind of profile where... Barca don't have any problem playing aging fullbacks, right? No, no. You know, he's 28. If they get four good years out of him, he's still going to, bar injury, he's still going to be fine when he's 32. Um, And he'll be available, I think, for a pretty reasonable fee. Like, you're not going to have to pay like 50 million euros for Rafa Guerrero in the final year of his contract. And then, actually, I think the knock-on from that is that you could see Dortmund go after someone like David Raum, who he's only been at Hoffenheim for a year, but he's had such a... He's had such a kind of like breakout year, like getting into the national team. There's actually a really good piece from Rafa Honigstein on The Athletic about David Raum. The good thing for Hoffenheim is that he, they've locked him up into a deal until 2026, so he's going to cost money. Mm. And I'm not sure whether Dortmund would be willing to fork out the amount of money that it would take to, to get them in the conversation. But also then, you know, I mean, he moved from Greuterfurt to Hoffenheim, and I think a next logical step for him would be somewhere like Dortmund and the thing is as well because he's 24 so it's quite a good time for him to move he could play Champions League football he's in the national setup. Flick really likes him and that defence as well would really take shape beautifully look at the new look Dortmund defence yeah I mean to be honest I do think they need a they still need to think about right back as well Dortmund yeah yeah mm. that's the problem with the right backs there's the fullback situation and the problem I have with the Guerrero move to Barca is just the succession question of Alba Alba did actually show real signs of life last year on the run to the second place. Yeah, he like, really did. But I wonder whether that, because obviously Xavi was part of that. He played that role mm, in like 2015. The closer. Yeah. So I wonder whether he might start thinking about doing something similar. Only because Alba's too good to, yeah, because Alba needs to be the yeah. starter because he's too good to be off the bench. He's, he's too good to stay on the bench for the bulk of the season, I think. Mm. He could get first team football almost any he could start for almost any club yeah I love that as a shot left backs eh yeah anything less sensible yes of course ha <laughs> ha those, throw... those sound very sensible those two me, transfers uh, any, 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 transfers. Any, any transfer that's less sensible um come on I, I, what I wanted to do today for this episode everyone by the way was just to kind of try and I mean to be honest most podcasts are kind of like when you and I meet up and go for lunch anyway that's true, actually. That's but, true. But doubly so this time. Just be like, actually, you know, Musa, talk like no one's listening. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me think, kid. What would I like to see? Um, galaxy brain it. Galaxy brain. Because we've got some galaxy brain stuff we're going to do in the second part of the show. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, let, me, let me think, let me think, let me think, let me think. Um, Jack Grealish to Atleti. No, I'm being silly. No, no. What are you doing? Behave. Come on. <laughs> No, 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 no. Um, the problem with doing Galaxy Brain is I think of a move I want to see happen and then I'm like, oh, but that player, they couldn't afford them. I'm going to steal one of yours. I'm going Leon Goretzka to Arsenal. That's my one. See, but that works. That works so well. Chuck 50 million at Bayern and be like, there's your money, money. Money, 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 money. Leon Goretzka to Arsenal. I love that so much. And I've said that a thousand times like to you, I think, just in terms is that of- too, Is that too much of a, of a homer? No, it's not. Because, because Leon Goretzka to Arsenal- and this is a thing I... You brought this up, by the way. I want to clarify to everyone. You brought this transfer up. I, I... Do you know, okay, so just, just the reason why I just want to talk about it very briefly is that 
we're seeing footballers and everyone jokes about projects and I said, you know, oh my God, yes, this club is a great project. And everyone's like, no, they're just going for the money. But actually, if you look at Sadio Mane wanting to leave Liverpool, it's very clear that footballers don't just do things for money because he gets well paid at Liverpool. Lewandowski to Barca. Right. They want new challenges. So footballers actually in a position to make career choices, post-material footballers are basically making career choices based on what they really want to do. Well, look at Hector Bellerin this season as well. Going to Betis, took a massive pay cut to go there. Absolutely loved it. Was really, really emotional during his final, at the end of his final game and looks like he's trying to like make that move happen on the permanent, like permanently, but he's going to have to take a pay cut to go there. So here's what I think you do. I think you go to Zinchenko and you go to Goretzka as an Arsenal representative and you say, here's the thing, you're amazing footballers. You've won trophies the highest level. We want to rebuild Arsenal. And we want you to be the centre of that for the next three years. And this is the plan we've got for you. And after three years, you might want to stay up. We give you a three-year contract. And we want to get back to becoming, we want to be a regular title contender. We may not get to the title, but we want to be in the conversation. And you are the two players that can take us there. That is the pitch I'd make. All players want to play Champions League football, right? Right. But in this season specifically... I think it's a really good time for teams outside of the Champions League to go after Champions League quality players because people like Leon Goretzka, for example, we've seen this time and time again, like he is very smart, very forward thinking. He speaks about a lot of stuff outside of football, right? If you go to Leon Goretzka and be like, listen, you've had a hell of a season. You've had a hell of a two years. You know, you went to the Champions League final after COVID. You won the Champions League. You've not really had a break. You've got the World Cup coming up. We're in the Europa League next year, this year. We'll basically give you a load of rest leading up to the World Cup. We're not, we're going to manage your minutes in Europe. Take that time off. We'll focus on the league games. We won't run you too hard. Play that kind of like we're here for your well-being as well. Exactly. We want to get back into the Champions League next season and we want you to be a focal point of that. Eventually, that's your midfield because you need a Granit Xhaka leadership succession plan as well for that midfield. Bingo. Bingo. That's exactly it. And you pitch all this. So also you give him that and then you also pitch him the social stuff and say, look, you scored one of the most politically significant goals, the equaliser against Hungary in the Euros. And we've seen you talk, your advocacy. Here's what we're offering you off the field. And you show them all the Arsenal Community Foundation yeah. stuff. You say, look, that's all the stuff we want. You basically offer them a package on and off the field for the next three years. And you say, look, here's what we're offering you financially, socially, and in a, in a sporting context. This is an actual project. That's how you do it. And you do the same for Zinchenko as well. You mm. do the same. You're like, here are the things we care about. Here are the values we care about, uh, the inclusivity, but also like on the field as well, in terms of your versatility. We want, you to, we want to use you in this position. We want to use a free eight. We want to use you as a fullback if you want that. We want to use you as, as a false nine if we need to in certain games. We just want to like be that home for you. Regular football. People underestimate, and I said this before, I said this to um, our dear friend, uh, Jenny Wu, yesterday. Sometimes it's like when there's someone in a bar or a social setting, who's like so attractive, you're like, I could, they could never possibly say yes to like humble me. Sometimes you just got to ask them. It's like me asking you if you wanted to do a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as if, if I, oh, to be that intimidating, oh, to be, oh, to be that beautiful, Ryan. Oh, oh please. Listen, you can be. Oh, please. Well, so what I would say, <laughs> so I just think that if you look at clubs like Bayern, right, where players have been winning so much for so long, I think that outside clubs, underestimate mm. just how much of a new challenge these teams might want. I agree. That's a huge opportunity. Yeah. And if you think Leon Goretzka hasn't come through the club there, like he moved there, what, when he was like 23, yeah. 22, 23 from Schalke. And he's kind of won everything already. This, yes. Like, the only thing is he signed a contract extension around about mm. the beginning of last season. So he might just be perfectly fine there. But I think we forget sometimes how much players just like being in Stability a certain place. Like, yeah. With the Mbappe thing, I know a lot of people were kind of like, this is wrong. This is broken football. But he's a Paris right. boy. Like, and if you're getting that much, pa- if you're getting paid that much money to live in your hometown, to stay in your hometown, you know, Mbappe's so young, still, that he he's like, I I've got so much time to go and experience. Like, because because Mbappe and we were talking about this with with Connor and Chris on our little ringer call. Like Connor mentioned it about there are certain players in football that have the ability to trigger free agency, like LeBron, yeah, and KD in the NBA. And I think Mbappe is, is one of the first pure free agency footballers who can just be like, right, I'm good to go. Or I'm signing this contract for four years. Or when was it? It's still 2025, right? So he's like, 2025 is the date. It was like, you know, when LeBron just set everyone on notice in the NBA, all of these GMs were planning for that free agency when he first left Cleveland. 
I think it's super interesting with that kind of aspect. But someone like Goretzka, who's a little bit later in his career, a club like Arsenal who aren't in the Champions League, this is where they have, an, and Spurs mm. as well, actually, even though Spurs are in the Champions League, but when they're not in the Champions League, don't underestimate the pulling power of London mm. as a city. Yes. You know, I think that was a major part of the Meza Ozil deal back in the day. It was like, it was Arsene Wenger and it was living in London. Mm. So it's tricky. I think it's going to cost money if he ever does. And I, I know we're, we're playing pure fantasy ball here. This isn't, I'm not sure that this is even a player that, it might just not be a player that Arteta wants. But, Imagine not wanting a player like that. Oh my God. Like you, <laughs> but the thing is like, Leon Goretzka is so good and is such a leader. Arteta makes a point about like personality. Mm. He's perfect for any group. I, that's what, uh, he's, he's a player. Yeah. He, I mean, I know, I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned that because I wasn't going to mention that, but there are times when I just sort of go off yeah, my It's the last of, day of term, man. It's fine. You, you, there's time, you, you know, there's time, you know, you're the same as me. There's times when you'll just like wander off and think about, I wonder which player would fit in a certain place. And you just go, my goodness, and it just keeps making sense from so many angles. Mm. And I'm just like, well, you know, and this thing, as a fo- the older I get, I'm, I'm a football fan primarily. I, you know, I'm a United fan. Yes. At the same time, I just like seeing players find the right kind of homes. Oh man, let's, let's, as a neutral, there's nothing better than seeing a player land somewhere that they're, they're just You're like, yeah. happy. Should take a break and then come back with, with a couple of quick questions. Let's do it. All right, man, so it wasn't a mailbag this week, but we did have a couple of, well, we had a, something left over from the what if submission that I wanted to hold for this episode. But also, just to kick us off, we had a quick question from Daniel Cobin. Shout out to Daniel. He said, Ted Lasso season three news of it being the final season had me thinking, which European soccer coach would be the most entertaining doing a swap to coaching an NFL side? Oh, goodness. I mean, I've got one. Stefan Baumgart was my first shout. Do you know, it's, you know, it's funny because I, the reason I didn't have an immediate thought is because it's got to be someone who would look absolutely amazing gripping a clipboard. And Baumgart, not only with the flat cup underneath those big headphones would look yeah, incredible. But, but, but that's the thing. I think Baumgart would lean into like having all of the club, the club cap, the, obviously the headphones with the mic. And he's so animated. That's, that's a great shout. Yeah. I, I love that you've mentioned that because I, I pause because I'm thinking to myself, no, a football manager, very specific aesthetic. And there's very few that can overlap, actually. Very. I think that Nagelsmann would make an incredible defensive coordinator. No, an offensive oh, coordinator. Actually, Nagelsmann looks like as, an NFL as, coach. Yeah, he looks actually like an, in, in person. Yeah. Like, because I saw him at a game once. Mm. He's a big dude. Nagelsmann is an offensive coordinator, not as a coach. So not as an actual number one, but as a kind of like X's and O's. Mm-hmm. But he'd be, yeah, I think he, Nagel, so Nagel, so Baumgart, isn't it funny? They're both German. Funny that. I know, right? <laughs> okay, right. So your, you, your knowledge of the NFL is far greater than mine, but. Still not, it's still not that good. But yeah, I'll try. Yeah, no, it's decent. It's decent. It's decent. It's decent. You say Nagelsmann, where would he go? Oh, uh, he'd go to the Chiefs. Do you think so? Yeah, there's an offensive coordinator because of what the offensive tools the Chiefs have. There's so many pieces like Nagelsmann would just go to the Chiefs and be like, oh my goodness, there's so much to play with. You need to give them a lot to play with. That's the thing. It's like, oh my God, wow, 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 all these toys. That's why I say that's where he would go. But in, ter- in terms of an actual NFL coach, I think Baumgart's a great shout. I'm thinking... Um, Do you know what? In terms of where he'd land, my initial thought, right, so I've got two choices. So mm-hmm. my first thought was the Packers. Baumgart, the Packers, the cultural fit's incredible. Yeah, because they're fan-owned, so they're basically like the most Bundesliga NFL side. Mm. But a good friend of ours listens, who uh, is a German-based football writer, Jonathan Harding. Yes. So I'm going to throw this one out purely for Jonathan Harding's benefit, because this is probably a Venn diagram of a lot of sports things that Jonathan is interested in. Stefan Baumgart to the 49ers. <laughs> that is the Venn diagram. <laughs> it's so relevant to his interests. I can't wait to get the WhatsApp off him now. <laughs> um, any other ones? Let's think of some. Let's think of. Well, I mean, you could Patrick Vieira to the Philadelphia Eagles. Philadelphia as a city, what it represents, how they've won before, the community stuff, the demeanor, the way he handles himself. Although, weird enough, Vieira is more of an NBA coach than a than an NFL he coach. Is. He's an NBA coach, actually. Now I think about it. I can imagine Vieira just popping up someone like New Orleans and making that whole oh, dressing room work. I was going to say New Orleans. Vieira to New Orleans. He would make that entire, he'd reintegrate Zion, all of that. It would just be like, yeah. Patrick Vieira is an NBA coach. 
Like it's, a sc- it's scary how well that fits. Then he ends up as a GM somewhere else. <laughs> it's got such big GM energy. Um, I was just going to go for a really obvious one and just say like Pellegrino Matarazzo to the Giants. <laughs> Love it. He's born in New Jersey, right? I mean, he could go to the Jets, but I don't know if he's a Jets or a Giants fan. Or maybe he's neither. I really like that question. I want to kind of do more of these. The crossover, yeah. So I finished winning time, right? Mm. One of the things I love about winning time is Adrian Brody as Pat Riley. Mm. And I've always kind of loved Pat Riley because he's always just had this like super cool vibe about him, Pat Riley. Yeah. I've been doing like a load of Pat Riley deep dives in the last week or two. And I listened to Spinsters when Michelle Beadle was on. And oh, they were wow. just basically, there was a whole section on like Pat Riley thirst. Well, the thing is, Pat Riley's always been the most handsome man in his age bracket. It's like Paul Newman, isn't it? They've always been the he most charismatic. amazing with a moustache yeah, as well. But they've Pat always, Riley. if you think about, I think about, well, who doesn't think of Paul Newman? Very so. And Paul Newman and Pat Riley have that thing where they were both the most charismatic and the most handsome man in their surroundings. It's pretty remarkable to be that, to sustain that. that mm. Was it that like Paul Newman went to like his, he was into motor racing for a long time as well. He's actually really quite good too. And like, mm. just to, you know, Pat Riley's life, there's no level at which that man has not delivered or been central to conversation about sporting excellence. That's pretty mm-hmm. incredible, actually. I think we should do an episode on... Sporting crossovers, coaching which crossovers. Non, which non-football, yeah, let's do that. Have we done that before? I don't think so. I think so. we've done it occasionally, but I don't, I think we, we should do it. We haven't lent into full, it. I think we should do a full episode of that. And I think like Pat Riley as... He's such an exec. Pat, no, no, no. Pat Riley is Italy national coach. <gasps> because terrifying. remember, this was the first guy to like, the, f- the first like coach to be rocking like Armani suits on the touchline. On the, on the sideline. Yeah, you don't have to sell NBA. it to me. You don't have to sell it to yeah. me. I'm sold. It's literally like, that's the most stonewall. But it's weird because Mancini doesn't go the other way. Oh, no, Mancini's an NBA no, no, coach, no, no, doesn't no, no, go the other way. No, 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 no. I can imagine Klopp as an NFL coach, actually. Yeah, yeah, I can. I can. He's a big guy, yeah. I can imagine Klopp being at the Baltimore Ravens. Oh my God. Because, you know what it would be? Because actually, that thing that Lamar Jackson went through post, post MVP Oh, we've worked him out. I can imagine Klopp coming in and going, actually, no, like there's another level to what we can unleash here. I think Klopp at the Ravens would be absolutely terrifying. Should we do an episode on that? Should we do one in the summer on it? Let's do, yeah, why let's not? do be fun. it. Right. Be so fun. Yeah, yeah. Email us your suggestions and we'll read some stuff out and we'll do some more of our own. So hello at stadio.football is the email. Put um, coaching swaps in the title so we can find them yep. nice and easily. And we'll do, we'll do a, an episode on that through the summer. Let's go in. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, cheers, Daniel, for that. That's the... Uh, Open up a whole other episode. All right, let's do this one to finish because I know this has been definitely been last day of school vibes. <laughs> Good. I quite like it though. I quite I like it. it when we just when we just chat. I love it. I just like chatting to you, Musa. Um, pandering again. That used to be shut me. Up. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> um, Gareth Bedford emailed us in this in response to the what if episode. Mm. Gareth says it is a source of pride among Villa fans that it was William McGregor then Aston Villa chairman, who in 1888 wrote to the prominent club suggesting a league competition. However, what if, instead of a home and away league format, he had suggested something else? What would football look like today? Some examples. NBA-style conferences, divisions and series. A best-of-seven series for the title between City and Liverpool? Yes, please. Cricket-style tours, where it's expected that teams will prepare pitches to suit their strengths. Would Barcelona prepare a ridiculously small but smooth pitch where their technical skill is needed? Ride a cup in golf where the best in Europe plays the best of other continents? Or what about tennis? Davis Cup format where every international team plays knockout format until two reach a final. And the final was, I'm sure you can think of plenty of other ideas. Cheers, Gareth. My mind is blown. <laughs> I know, my I mind knew it is would blown. Be. My mind is blown. All I can think of, my mind has gone straight to the footballing Ryder Cup. The Footballing Ryder Cup is amazing. Do you understand the levels of Footballing Ryder Cup, Africa, Europe, South America, especially this summer? Imagine if it's this summer, after Mbappe makes his comments about, oh, well, clubs in South, you know, the whole thing, of his, well, he said that, so Mbappe literally said, oh, the level in South America is not as high. You imagine a Footballing Ryder Cup with Messi on the kind of smoke he is on right now. You imagine a South America against Europe. It would be interstellar where would you play it you play it in Tokyo so would you right? do them as continental yeah you got to go con- listen <laughs> do you understand the levels 
this is the thing actually, because an, an African an African dude, uh, dude uh, like an all African eleven would. Salah do you know Manny, what? Though? Fr- this is the on, thing. They're on smoke, and they play with a different energy. Listen, an, a footballing rider cut that has blown my. Oh my god, that's my head is going to fall off. Because that's the thing. That's the seismic one. That's the one which actually. In terms of an instant leveler, in terms of like what the levels are, because we talk so much about players going to countries where they can, you know, feed their families better, the wages are better, so they go, they don't stay in the domestic leagues. But if that becomes, a, if you have a footballing context, the version of the Ryder Cup, just the prestige of being selected for it, because then like you're thinking you'd have George Ware, you'd have George Ware in a team with like all those other greats. I mean, I just can't even, that is. You've had like Ware, Akotcha. Dude. <laughs> That team is on smoke. That that is a wow. A footballing Ryder Cup is immense, and everyone watches that. <laughs> everyone watches that. I'd be all over that, right? That's what the Confederations Cup should have been. Basically, Absol- oh my, an goodness. actual like team from that confederation. I mean, my mind is blown. Just the concept of it. Should we uh, go to Saudi Arabia and get a load of financial backing and launch a breakaway Confederations Cup tournament? <laughs> no, let's go. We'll no, just call it Live Football. <laughs> well, let's go to this. Oh my God. Those golfers, like, what they're playing at. What they're I playing. know, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, just I, gotta do, just gotta, hey, listen, I just, they're just doing the best for their family. You know, that's, uh, that's as they the said, isn't it? In the, in Goodness me. Dear, dear, the, dear. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know who'd organise such a thing, but... The, the people I'd go to for the money would then get the kind of, oh, they're globalists, ah, ah, conspiracy theorists, but but I would love to see that. Well, it's a literal globalist tournament. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah shut up. You know what it's code for, though. But what I would, yeah, say, well, what I would say is, if I could see a footballing Ryder Cup, I know I'm getting so excited about that. Of all those suggestions- That could be the Woke World Cup. Oh my God. But it's continent by continent. That is the vibe. That is- a- <laughs> <laughs> We'll just nick UEFA's idea. We'll call it the Confederations League. Dude. Kulibaly is the captain. <laughs> the Kulibaly is the captain of the Africa team. <laughs> Dude. We haven't even focused on the rest of the stuff because this, this remind, when I first read this though, this reminded me of an episode we did ages ago where Greg Johnson, shouts to Greg, uh, just got a new gig. Congratulations, oh, Greg. man. Uh, he, uh, this is pre-ringer. We, got a, we did a mail, mail bag and he, was ask, he asked us about football's response to climate change or like their responsibility with climate change and sustainability you know, travel being a major part of it. And do you remember when we were divvying up qualifying by regions within Europe, for example, mm. or geographical regions, so you could essentially get the train everywhere? Yes. Sorry, my mind is still blown. <laughs> do you know <laughs> Seeding at neutral. So basically the, each game takes place. You split the time zone difference. So say it's like, you know, Europe against South America. You have it in, you have it in Tokyo. You literally do it and you split it. You're like, okay, listen, no one gets home advantage. And it's one off. It's one and done. And you or, bounce. Europe against South America, do a two-legged final. In different stadiums, yeah. Where would you pick in Europe, though? For Europe-South America final. You need a major city. Can't go to Paris after what's just happened. Lisbon. You in Lisbon, man. Fuck me. Well, why, well, well, I'd be covering it, though. You just want to go and hang out with Clarence and well, I'd be covering ride it. around the golf buggy. Well, I, I imagine I'd be invited or co- I'd, I'd be going, right? God, Europe-South America. And Africa, too. Like, where would you... This is the thing. The Africa team... The Africa team would be ridiculous, dude. I'm just thinking of the Simon. So I'd be distracted. I'm just thinking of the front three of Mares, yeah, but, Hakimi uh, at right back. Hakimi. What about just Victor Osimhen as the nine? <laughs> no, off the bench. Off the bench. Mane, Osimhen, and Salah as a front three. That's terrifying. This is ridiculous. Why have we? Why did I bring this in so late to the podcast? Because this is something we should do a whole episode on again. That's the Work World Cup. <laughs> yeah, the Woke World Cup is literally just confederations. Anyone can get it. So you actually like did the Woke World Cup in a country properly, but the way yeah. that they do it is they renovate existing stadiums and they yes. also just force loads of money into local infrastructure and quality of life. So actually yes. there's no new buildings of stadiums. You don't have, there's basically like, let's see what we've got. Okay, let's commit to kind of refurbishing it. It's all done on yes. the Woke World Cup budget. We invest in local infrastructure, train stations, road, open spaces, public spaces. Adding all of that access. Local yep. education, all of this kind of stuff. And what, and what? here's the thing, because stadiums start filling up three hours before kickoff, because they will, because of the orderly procession of the admin will be really, really good. You get, here's the thing, you get the local cup final, the youth team's local cup final, you get them to play their game before the main match. 
So they get to benefit from the audience and the stadium filling up. So that if you're in the crowd, like three hours early, you get to watch like the cup final, the local, like regional amateur cup final in that stadium. How sick is that? You get, they get to play like a proper game, 90 minutes in front of like, what, 30,000 people who were there three hours before kickoff. And everyone gets that vibe. Little trophy presentation, they come off and it gives you an hour and a half to prep the pitch for the final. Stuff like that. I think that'd be an absolute, because the only reason I mentioned this is because one thing I thought the women's Champions League did really, really well when it was still building its audience, they used to play the Champions League final for women's in the same city as the men's the first few years. And the community vibe was brilliant because what you did then, you had a load of people in town for the men's final who were like, oh, women's Champions League for six years, let's go along. And that I thought was a really clever way of building visibility. So let's say for like, if there was like a work World Cup, you'd have major games, maybe not on the same day, but maybe like three days before in the same city. So you've got basically a kind of festival of football culminating in the, let's say, World Cup final. So you'd have all these events around it, like just the satellite events, but also kind of events in their own right. I'd love that. You've only got six, you're only going to have six teams because there's exactly. so then you can do a, right? So then so you can you do just, a proper, yeah. then you can do a proper football festival style weekend. Then you can do you can that actually, kind Yeah, of, you can actually, you don't have to do it by country. You can do it by city. Being, exactly. You can yeah. then like fully, and everyone just bases like, oh my God, we just had six amazing days of football. And the final day we had that final. And in the lead up, we had all this just cool stuff going on, like skills tournaments, freestyle stuff, like people doing like workshops, like Lillian Turam just giving like, just sitting in the back of like a class and listening about activism, just all of that. Just, and you'd have like all the legends coming in and just like, just ambassadors for the game. So where'd the first one be? You can do it like, well, actually, no, this is good because this is going to cause some issues. So basically, because you, you can be like, you can poll like, or look at polls and get loads of research involved and people on the ground are basically like, which cities in the world, which major cities in the world are like massively underfunded by their You talk to, you talk to right? like economic yeah, historians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You really engage on the local, you bring in like loads of locals as volunteers, but actually no, you don't, they don't volunteer. You get paid a living wage. Exactly. Right? Because this is the World World Cup. And then you basically, it's essentially like sports washing, but we're not promoting any nation state or weird agenda. Well, Moose has got a weird agenda, but- um, That's true. That's true. That's true. Um, <laughs> so we could call it, it's not sports washing. What is it? It's like- It's the opposite though. It's actually yeah. how, it's how sports should be sports used. Sports not washing. It's, it's how sports should always be used to revitalize and revigorate. Go. It's revigorate an area. So you're giving people that like, that civic pride. That's what it is. It's proper civil society, civic pride. If you do a thing like that, then everyone's like, oh my goodness, look at this amazing tournament we did. It's like the European city of literature type thing on the city of culture, like these, protest these protected cities of literature where you're like, you're giving people not pride, but you're restoring and revigorating mm. that sense of joy and that sense of we can do that. And, you're, you're, and, you, and you have the committees, the committees are basically like, you're consulting all the local people, like what do you need here? What are the areas of need? And then you go, okay, you go away and like, okay, you take all of those requirements and then based on what those requirements are in each area, you go and you do it there. And you also reward areas that have done incredible grassroots work prior to your arrival. So it's like, it's not like a kind of, we're going to bring this here to kind of improve X, Y, Z or impose that. You're saying you've made such incredible strides. We want to give you this tournament as a thank you for the work you've done at grassroots level. Amazing. I, I agree, man. That, that, um, that, is, that is super exciting. Yeah, we should probably wrap it because uh, otherwise we're in danger of getting uh, another one of those reviews, which was just like, they repeated progressive viewpoints, two podcasts in a row. Oh, no. One star. <laughs> also, how long have you fucking been listening? <laughs> Listen, you knew what this was. <laughs> yeah, you do. If you didn't know by now, this is what? two hundred Episode 259. <laughs> If you didn't know what this was by now, I'm, I don't know what to tell you. Absolutely. Should bounce. Yeah, I enjoyed that so much, can I say? We're imagining a, a better football world. We, should, we could have probably gone on about for three hours with that question from Gareth. So thanks, Gareth. But, uh, yeah, I loved it. Thanks. Much appreciated. Because you know what? I've got to say, my, my, my mood, when I started the podcast, I was like, oh yeah, all the moving, all that. And now I'm like... Oh, I've got to speak to Ryan again. Oh, no. Well, oh, Ryan. What? Yeah, that's true, actually. No. Yeah. Oh, God, <laughs> this fucking guy again. We've shifted bodies. Oh. We've shifted bodies, haven't we? <laughs> now, this was an absolute joy. It's been an absolute joy this season as well. I know it's like we're having a quick break, um, but just 
it's quite nice to have a podcast like this to round off, I think, what's been such an eventful few months. Yeah, man. So yeah, thank you. It's been a pleasure, right? Yeah. So everyone, recharge those batteries. Women's Euros are on the horizon. And then the men's season starts in August. So we, we're going to need you all fresh and ready. We are indeed. Um, but yeah, thanks. Big thanks to everyone who's been listening to us this year. Uh, we really appreciate it. And yeah, we hope to see those of you in London at the live shows on the 25th and 27th. Other than that, check theringer.com forward slash soccer. Check stadio.football. Scroll to the bottom, put your email address in if you want the newsletter. Check the Stadio Outros plays on Spotify. Speaking of which, you might have heard this one in the background for a little bit already. The Paradub of Paradise by Insight. It's festival season, isn't it, Musa? So we thought we'd yeah. play out on a, Some mem- a festival members, vibe. Dare I say it, members of Wrighty's House have been getting amongst their festivals, not to name names, but certain individuals, they've been seen gallivanting. It's like Grealish in Ibiza. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, anything you want to add, Musa Kwonga? No, I'm good. I'm good. Lovely. All right, everyone, much love. We'll be back in a few weeks. I'll speak to you then. Catch you then.